to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. Well, hello, hello. No big intro today. To be really honest, I'm a little behind in getting my podcast out this week. And so it was really time for me to sit down and do the episode with you today. In this show, I'm going to talk to you about tips and tricks to use to talk to your partner about midlife and menopause. And I actually got this topic idea from my husband. We were driving home from a road trip and I was talking about how excited I am for my book. And I'm in the process of getting this manuscript in. I have a book deal with Macmillan Publishing House and St. Martin's Press. And it is due in actually a few short weeks. It's probably why I didn't get a chance to, to sit down and record a bunch of podcasts. So he said, well, it would be really fun if we practice like the interviews you're going to have on, you know, the view. (laughs) I hope I'm on the view. We'll see. We'll play this back. I said, okay, that sounds good. So he's like rattling off a bunch of questions. I'm like, hey, those are really good questions. So one of his questions for me was, okay, Dr. Hirsch, how, how should I talk to my partner about menopause? I said, that should be a whole podcast episode. So here we are today. I actually did a couple, I was going to say a couple months ago, actually probably a year or so ago, a really great podcast on what your partner should know about menopause. And this is kind of a companion to that because I wanted to expand on this idea of really just like how to actually talk to them about what is going on with you. So I thought that would be really, really fun. Okay, short break from our sponsor, and I will be right back. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by Evia. Evia is the first ever app that utilizes the science-backed technique of using hypnotherapy to effectively manage your hot flashes and night sweats naturally. Hypnotherapy is supported by NAMS, the North American Menopause Society is a proven mechanism to calm the body's stress response to bothersome hot flashes. Now with the Evia app, that's simply E-V-I-A in the app store, you will learn to soothe both day and night symptoms without the use of medications. You'll be able to track and evaluate your symptoms and so much more. They have a core five-week program that is Dr. Hirsch approved for at-home support. Start your seven-day free trial at eviamenopause.com slash Heather, which is E-V-I-A-M-E-N-O-P-A-U-S-E.com slash Heather, or check the link in the description to get started. Just a quick word to about Evia, who has been sponsoring the show. I really think their app is such a great tool that you can use really at home to combat hot flashes uh, and to use this form of treatment known as hypnotherapy for yourself. So if you haven't already checked out the Evia app and you can't take hormone therapy or you don't want to take hormone therapy or you're actually on treatment, whatever form it might be, but it's just not working perfectly, definitely check it out. All right. So today's episode is how to talk to your partner about menopause. And 
oftentimes when I say menopause, I really mean a blanket statement of perimenopause, the menopausal transition, postmenopause. Those are terms that we actually use a lot. We throw them around and the definitions are actually kind of specific via the textbook, but a lot of times we just say menopause and I really kind of mean the entire transition from perimenopause through menopause to your last period and beyond. So I'm going to say menopause a lot in this show, but I mean all of that. So the first step I think that you need to do is actually educate yourself because if you're going to go to your partner, male, female, doesn't matter, and you're going to talk to them about what's going on in your body, but you're not really sure, it's really going to be hard to have a productive and focused conversation. So the first thing that you want to do is simple, and that is to educate yourself. And if you're listening to this show, holla freaking you, you Lulia. Oh, I said that wrong. Hallelujah. <laughs> you're, you're probably already doing that. Um, or if you're just finding me for the very first time, hallelujah. I'm so excited that you're here. I have tons of content. I have this podcast and I have over 110 episodes. I have a YouTube channel full of content and I am kind of just one wealth of information. There is lots of other folks out there, but social media is a scary place, especially when it comes to midlife women's health. And if you follow me on Instagram, I'm at hormone.health.doc. And I would love to, if you followed me over there, since I let you guys really drive the conversation about what you want to hear, I posted that I am going to be speaking at the annual conference of the American College of Physicians or the ACP meeting in April, sorry, yes, April of this year. And I'm planning this presentation as we speak. And it's, you know, doc, I saw this on social media. And what I'm talking about is the harms or the, the incorrect things that women see on social media about midlife and menopause and uh, how, how troublesome this is and what we can do to combat it. So social media is a great place, but it's also a really scary place because there is definitely so much noise in the menopause space. In fact, it's, it's, it's absolutely a reason that I do what I do and I love doing what I do, which is breaking down myths, which is really helping to uh, walk women through the evidence-based and scientific facts of menopause, hormone therapy, your non-hormonal options, and be a real sharpshooter for you. But there's a lot of noise. So social media can be great, but definitely look for credible sources. So your most credible sources are going to be physicians who practice at an academic institution. That usually means they're affiliated with a hospital. It doesn't mean that if they're not affiliated with a hospital, that they're not credible. So the opposite's not necessarily true. I'm just saying you can probably trust someone who works for an academic institution because they are probably following evidence-based guidelines. Um, and you also want to look for someone who might be NAMS certified. NAMS stands for the North American Menopause Society or someone who's a part of ISHWISH. That's the International Society for the Study of Women's Sexual Health. Both of those groups, NAMS and ISHWISH, are filled with professionals who really stay current and are very knowledgeable about all things midlife, menopause, and sexual health. So you want to look for someone who is credible, maybe they're a NAMS physician, or maybe they're registered with Ishwish. And you can also look at their websites, literally just Google those names, North American Menopause Society and the International Society for the Study of Women's Sexual Health. I know it's kind of a mouthful and look for a provider near you. Um, 
but that's what you want to look for when you're kind of looking on social media. And if you haven't listened to any of my other stuff here, I talk a lot about what is evidence-based and what is FDA approved for hormone therapy, because there are certainly people who are talking, you know, about unapproved options, which really gives me nightmares. But, you know, the other things you can do is really invest in some great books. And uh, I have a book, but it's not available yet. So my book will be so good. I'm so excited to tell you more about it. But we've got a little bit longer to think till I can like super spill the beans. Um, but my book will be a great resource and books that I love. Um, Amanda Thebe wrote a fantastic book called Menapocalypse that I recommend. I will link it in the description below. Um, Dr. Jen Gunter wrote an incredible book, The Menopause Manifesto. Also really good, really gives a nice background about what is menopause, the definitions of menopause, and what are the common symptoms? Because if you can educate yourself on those common symptoms and um, what this all means for you, what this means in the long term, how you can treat it, you are going to be able to educate yourself. And I'm coming back around to my original point. So then you'll be able to have a really nice conversation with your partner about what is going on with you. And this is so important because partners may not understand why you are in a different headspace, why you're not as productive or as peppy or as sexual. And you might not totally understand either, and you might be getting to the root of solving it, but knowing that background information is going to be so helpful. All right, so step number two after you educate yourself is educate your partner. It sounds very simple, but this is actually this is actually a whole nother step in and of itself. So pre-COVID, when I was working in Columbus, Ohio, it was really common that I would have couples come in together. Not always, but sometimes. And it was always such a satisfying visit. And oftentimes the partner would just kind of sit there nodding their head. And maybe I would ask my patient a question or two. Do you feel as though you're sleeping okay? And she's like, and he's sitting there like shaking his head like, no. Um, and so one, it's so interesting to actually have their input when it's asked for. Um, and then as I explained to her, you know, a lot of the things I kind of went over in step one, which is educate yourself. But as I was doing that for her, you could see him like putting it together. And men are interesting. I know much more about women, arguably, and men much less about men. Um, but you know, it, for them, actually, it's not rocket science. They're like, yeah, your hormones are off. That's why you're acting that way. Um, but once you kind of show them what hormones do, they go up and down each month. And then in perimenopause, they are really volatile. And then in menopause, I don't really make them anymore. They're like, yeah, no, I can see that. That makes sense. And so because of that, that's maybe why I'm having mood swings. And now that I've lost my estrogen, intercourse is painful and that's a problem for me. And so being able to actually educate them, it is so incredible. So how can you do this? Well, you know, again, I can't have everyone come in with their partners to my office, um, but plug, I do have an amazing course, the Reclaiming Menopause Masterclass. And this is just such a wealth of information. It's geared towards women who are symptomatic at menopause. They are considering hormone therapy, but they feel confused or they feel stuck with their doctor. And I help you figure out what's right for you. And a lot of this online learning you can do with your partner. And so this can be a gift that you give to each other or that is 
for your family unit, to be honest, because moms are the CEO of their house. And if they don't feel well, the rest of the family can feel that. So my course is one example of actually how you could sit and do this together. Now, they may not want to listen to the entire thing, but there may be bits and pieces of it that really help them make sense of things. Or you may have a partner who's really, you know, an engineer or a scientist or a biologist or a teacher, and they kind of love learning how to put this piece of the puzzle together. And that could be really fun for them as well. And so that's a lot of what I teach. And I have had certainly students who were interested in this course and actually said, you know, my partner is really excited for me. And I said, yeah, you guys can do this together. This really is for both of you. So you want to educate your partner. Um, so you can uh, also listen to podcasts together. So, you know, I have a great podcast, of course. There's a lot of wonderful menopause podcasts. Kelly Casperson has a great podcast. You Are Not Broken. Louise Newson has a really great podcast. Amanda Thebes coming back out with her podcast. Um, and if you don't know Amanda Thebe, you should. And you can follow all of these amazing folks over on Instagram. And most of them have YouTube channels as well. But there's a wealth of different types of podcasts with all different types of information um, from all different you know walks of life. I'm kind of an internist and a NAMS physician, and all of us are really different. And um, Luis is in the UK, so there's just there's just a different accent, right? So everyone you know can pick the flavor that fits for them. Um, and there's tons of other podcasts out there as well. Um, and so you can really kind of look through and see what sounds good. So if you're going on a road trip or um, you're cooking together, it can be really fun to kind of have that in the background to see if they pick up on things. There's also a few, but not a ton of documentaries on menopause. And eh, to be honest, there's not like great ones that I can think of. Um, the UK has a couple that I think are a little bit better, but I think mostly geared for to people in the UK because they probably will know those celebrities who are discussing menopause. But there are a few documentaries that you could search through. Or if you know of one that's actually particularly good, let me know. There's some really great TED Talks. Um, and so you can Google menopause and TED Talks over on YouTube. Um, and there's a lot of good ones over there. Um, you could let him borrow one of your books or, you know, I'm going to go so far as to say he, he or she may not want to read the entire book. Um, if your partner's a female, well, maybe different story because either she has gone through menopause or will go through menopause. But, you know, if your partner is a male, you may just want to pick out like certain chapters or little bits here and there um, that would be helpful for him. So those are some things that y'all can do together. So educate yourself, educate your partner, and then kind of like two and a half is communicate. So find the right way to communicate what is, you know, you're experiencing, what you think are realistic expectations, you know, how you're kind of trying to wrap your mind around this, the things that you're trying to do to improve it, whether it's just, I'm just listening to a few podcasts right now and that's the stage I'm at, or I am like A to Z taking Dr. Hirsch's course and I'm, I know exactly what I want to do and how I'm going to treat this. Um, there's no right or wrong starting place, but just having a starting place, um, is a really great way to just start communicating. So be in this together. All right. Number three is those things are kind of going or not going, how can you make this interest them? <laughs> well, I have one easy answer, sex. Sex tends to not always, but sometimes interest your partner. 
And this can also be a way to kind of open up the communication. Now, I know this is always a difficult topic when you're starting a conversation about, let's talk about how frequent our sex is, or let's spice up our sex life, or et cetera. And, um, but, you know, really opening up the dialogue, and you can simply start by using I statements and talking about what's going on with your body. Say, hey, you might be wondering what's going on with me, and I want to tell you what I think I'm learning about where I am in my stage of life in my body. You can steal that phrase if you want, change it to fit what's good for you. But, you know, especially if you want to talk about sex, uh, that may be something that's like, oh, okay, I didn't really want to hear about hormonal imbalances or what's going on down there, but actually maybe I do. <laughs> maybe it concerns me more than I think. Um, and so thinking about how can you loop them in um, or make them interested in a topic, you know, if you kind of have to sort of sidestep it to, to bring them into the conversation. And all partners and all people are different. Um, so get no shaming wherever you or your partner start this conversation off. You can also talk about how maybe it might be affecting your moods. Now, I, I walk on this lightly. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, you know, you don't want to say like, listen, my my hormones are all screwed up because of my, my moods are all screwed up because of my hormones or, or vice versa, right? So what I would kind of say is, you know, I think what I'm realizing is that there's a hormonal flux that's going on in this menopause and midlife transition, and it could really be affecting my moods and making them a little volatile or unpredictable. And I recognize that, and I want you to know I'm working on it. Is there anything that you've recognized that you kind of want to tell me about if you want to add that in? But again, kind of using that, I'm noticing and centering it around you um, and therefore you're not opening it up to, Hey, tell me how crazy you think I'm being right now. Or tell me how, like, you know, um, how worried you are that I might have Alzheimer's. Those are not helpful. Um, unless you guys have a joking relationship, but really kind of starting with, I think this is what's happening to me. I acknowledge that I am noticing it and I acknowledge that I'm doing a couple things to work on it. And, um, yeah, what else would, do you want to chat about that? Um, and then you could go back down the list, educate yourself, which hopefully you've done to this point, educating your partner and communicating, um, what works best for you. And if you actually even have the ability to go see a menopause doctor, or if you have a knowledgeable gynecologist or a knowledgeable internist, you can actually have your partner go with you. Or again, if you're doing telemedicine, uh, this is amazing because you can have him or her just literally sit right next to you. And it's really, really helpful. Also, along the lines of, you know, this is what I'm noticing about my body. This is what I'm noticing about sex. This is what I'm noticing about my mood. This is what I'm noticing about my sleep. You might also notice some cyclic patterns or just like a, a lull in a pattern. And you can ask for support on or at those times. So for example, maybe you're in perimenopause and you might say, gosh, I've really noticed that the week before my period, I cannot sleep at all. I am so miserable during the day. Uh, maybe I'm going to work at home because I'm so irritable and I'm snapping at colleagues and I'm going to take a nap in the middle of the day um, and say, I really need you to help me with the chores. Uh, chores should be split 50-50, but it's not the way it always works. But I really need to help you. Need to help you. I really need you to make, make dinner this week. <laughs> whatever it is. And, um, you know, ask for help on those certain times. And that can be really helpful for you. And your partner can also feel like he is, you know, helping you. Sometimes I feel like kind of like with childbirth, if you're if your partner's a male or if they're not the one giving birth, you know, and they're just there in the room, there's not a whole lot they can do, 
right? They can like hold your hand, like get you ice, and like cheer you on. But it's like totally <laughs> the work's one way. One person's doing all the like physical work. But if they feel like they can do something like get you the ice chips or, you know, help you push or do mantras, they can they can feel better about that. So let them know where there may be places for them to help you. And then, you know, let them know how could it be affecting you at work? If you're having work difficulties, if you're having, you know, to maybe work less, if you're needing to take some time off from work, is there going to be some financial changes to your partnership that they need to know about? Um, and those are all ways where, again, I think if your partner is kind of one of those folks, that's like, I kind of, the less I need to know, the better. Um, but you really want to include them in this conversation. You really want them to understand what's going on with you. You know, talking about sex, talking about your moods, talking about when you need help talking about your work. These are all ways to sort of circle them in without sitting down and being like, Hey, uh, Thursday night at 8 PM, let's talk about menopause. Okay. So these are other ideas for you. And then lastly, number four is what's good for women is good for society at large. What's good for women is good for society at large. I say this all the time. Women aged 45 to 55, although menopause can happen at any time, women aged 45 to 55 are the most productive and important sector of this country. Women run businesses. Women help the economy. Women run families. Women run households. Women do it all. Like, let's face it. I know like 97% of you listening are women. So you can nod your head and say yes. And when you're not productive, either the business or the house or the economy in an indirect or direct way can feel that. And so we, we all need women to be successful through perimenopause and menopause. And there's so much more coming out about this. You know, there's going to be a book coming out um, about women and, and work. I did a podcast on Harvard Business Review um, about women at work in menopause. And um, there's just so much data showing how women who are suffering through this transition again, tend to be less productive, retire earlier, leave the workforce earlier, and are not contributing to society in the ways that they really could and should, and we need them to be. And your partner needs you, and you know it. You know your household needs you, your partner needs you. And so when women succeed, society succeeds. So I want you to remember that. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's uh, topic. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please share it. I love seeing this community grow. I love seeing, you know, if you have time, put a star or a little note up on iTunes or a little review, share it to your Facebook groups. You know, certainly uh, I couldn't or shouldn't go in there and promote my own things. But if you found this really helpful and you're in some Facebook groups, a lot of my patients tell me they like to do that. A lot of my students um, or just folks who've been listening to my show. So thank you so much. I like love doing this. This is a true labor of love. So anyways, I dropped a ton of knowledge bombs in this episode. If you need to listen to it again or grab any of those names, do so. Check the link in the description of this show for links to books. And of course, for a link to the Reclaiming Menopause Masterclass, uh, you'll book a call with me and see if it's going to be a good fit for you. And I love to see you as my student or as my patient if you live in the Northeast. And with that, I'll see you guys next week for a brand new episode. Bye, everyone.
If I haven't already done so, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to my show. Consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. Also, if you love the show, your stars or a quick review could really help other women who are searching for information on menopause and midlife around the globe find this show. If you want to work with me, consider the Reclaiming Menopause Masterclass. The link for that is in the description to this show. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for all your support, and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode. Episode.